Ask the Podcast Coach for June 30th, 2018. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. There's that fun-filled music that means it's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from the schoolofpodcasting.com. Joining me right over there, the one and only, don't be fooled by cheap imitations, Jim Cullison. Jim, how's it going, buddy? Greetings, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. Happy to the last day, or I guess it's exactly in the middle of the year here as we think about how did we get this far already in 2018? I mean, it's tomorrow's the downhill slide on the way out. If you haven't started your budgets, it's time to start. We have to start thinking about taxes already, for God's sake. <sighs> wow, that's a bad word. <laughs> Sorry. That's just, wow. <laughs> Uh, well, it's way to bring the show down to a degree. Now we're talking about death and the free show. <laughs> death and taxes. You got to cover them, right? You know, it's probably not a bad time if you're a podcaster and you're thinking about your end of the year, especially if you're monet if you've monetized your podcast. Probably not a bad time to start having a plan for your taxes because those always creep up on people. You know, just kind of a reminder. Amazon, if you've got a 1099 sponsorship with, with somebody, right? Those any Anywhere you've made money, Uncle Sam, here in the United States anyway, so I don't know how it works around the world, but um, it, Uncle Sam is going to want some of your cash. So you better, you might want to, you kind of might want to plan for it. If you're making a lot, you may be in that spot where you have to do quarterly returns. So, yeah. You know, it, it's it, it's probably that time to kind of think through, like, how am I going to put my, my budget together or my taxes together for the for the end of the year? It's always fun. And Jim, I have a question for you. Far away. Let's say there's a new hotshot podcast media hosting company. And they say, we'd love to have you come over here because we're going to give you a ton of exposure. Would you leave whoever you're what on Spreaker, I think? No, I, I'm self-hosted. Okay. Uh, we're, we're speaker at work and right. I'm self-hosted for, for the stuff I do for the average guy on TV. Um, no, I'm not going to leave. Not, 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 not for a promise. Um, see, that's, sure. that's, that's what I said. I said, if anybody's, cause I asked somebody that, that moved and I'm like, cause it's a company that's a mm, little questionable at times. And, um, I said, you know, why did you move? And he goes, Oh, they're, they're going to feature me. And they're gonna, you know, they're. I just, I need, I need more exposure. And I was like, hmm, because it's one of those where it's like, Com- and completely leaving is what you're meaning, right? Yeah, like, they like they left feed RSS feed yeah, transferring three hundred one redirects. We're going all in on this platform because of exposure. And my my advice to them would be go see who's on their platform and contact one of those people and say, look, you know, I'm being promised you know, exposure here. Are are you, did you get the same promise? And if so, what did it do moving over to, uh, you this? know, it, yeah, it, you know, you kind of start wondering like any, honestly, any of the big three or four, however you want to do that. Right. Spreaker, Lipson, Blueberry, you know, that, that group, you, you kind of wonder the value of the host in that term exposure anyway. Like right. I was featured on Spreaker and I saw a bump. Uh, we saw a bump for a little bit. It was nice. You know, it went right back down. So, you know, I, I just don't know if podcasters are necessarily it's the same iTunes um, problem, right? As we, we fight for a spot in the pool in iTunes, only to realize there's nobody there. Like no, <laughs> nobody's looking for things uh, on iTunes for the most part. Does it get a bump? Is it nice? Yeah. Uh, Audio Boom approached me went back when they were Audio Boo and then right. we're changing over to Audio Boom. They approached me. Hey, we'll feature blah, 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 all that kind of space. 
they didn't ask me to completely move, which was awesome. Did it do much for me? No, I got a couple thousand over there that, that, um, you know, a couple thousand downloads over there, but is it worth moving everything? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. I'm just not sure. Cause they were saying that they're even going to put like, like I know blog talk radio, if you do some certain thing, they'll put like a banner ad on their, their website. And I'm just not sure if that's worth anything at this point. I mean, I'll take it. It's better than a poke in the eye, but I was just surprised that this person was moving for more exposure. And I was like, Hmm. Interesting. I'll just be interested to, uh, I have a thing to follow up with this person in a few months and go, so how's the more exposure going? Cause um, they move from Lipson, do you know, or what, what, where did, what were they on before? Yeah, they were on Lipson and they, they moved to, well, here, we'll just call it, they're moving to CastBox. Hmm. And I went, really? And I'm like, and so I just asked him, I said, you know, uh, I, I helped him do his 301. I go, you don't have to answer this. I'm saying, I'm just like, what, what made you move? Yeah. What was the, the thing? And he's like, more exposure. And I was like, you know, you can get featured on the Lipson blog and, you know, you can send in a promo to the feed, but I'm like, you know, I was, I'll be really interested to see what they do over there to do that. Cause they're, they've got a lot going on. Uh, they, they always start that way. I mean, we've watched, I don't know, half a dozen or a dozen pop up over the last couple of years as we've been doing the show. And they always start out with a super hot, sexy website and folks with headphones on and, and girls <laughs> running on the beach and, you know, all they, they, they got great looking websites. Yeah. And then you, the, the real question is, is how much work I think they all genuinely think if they create a great website and buy some Google AdWords that they're going to drive traffic. And I, I just don't think that's the way it works. Well, and, you know, the podcast.com started this way. Yeah, right? that's true. Not the podcast.com. They have a big flash. Their site hasn't changed. I think I've been using them two or three years now. Their site has literally not changed since the day they launched it. And I get, I mean, one or two listens every week out there, but it, it you know, it makes you wonder what they're doing. You know, is it ads? There's no, right on. yeah. You know, yeah. I imagine, you know, if I started seeing cast box ads on YouTube or cast box ads in Facebook, like I see uh Wix. Yeah. You know, like, oh my God. If I see another Wix ad on YouTube, <laughs> I just created this dope website. And you're like, come on, yeah. stop it. Right. You know, but that that must work. If I saw them pouring that kind of money into this for advertising, I, I think Dave, you'd have to give it a serious look. But do you see any advertising? And you'd be the perfect, you and I would be the perfect audience to target for that kind of, those kinds of ads if they were doing it. Otherwise, how, how else are they getting the word out? You know, I don't know. Maybe a flyer is going to show up in your mail today or it's going to be a billboard. You know, you know I'm being facetious, but yeah. uh, so I don't know. The The thing I thought we would go back in the day because really bad history has repeated itself. And uh, I just actually put a blog on a blog post about this on uh, davidjackson.org, which is probably pretty good because it's one of those when you go, mm, should I post this? I'm, I'm really kind of like, and but I was like, this is backed up by facts. So one of the facts is back in 2006, there was a free media hosting company called Podshow. And they basically uh, did something bad and then they apologized for it. In fact, Adam Curry did. And this was his thing. After the release of Podshow on July 6, 2006, other podcast RSS feeds were copied and modified, which is horrendous. Like, this is like the worst thing you can do in podcasting. 
with Podshow copyrights overriding the original feeds instead of the XML feeds. Feeds linking to the original, they link to the internal cache, whatever. Uh, Adam Curry addressed the issue in the following Saturday's episode of the Daily Source Code. We basically cached your feed no different from what iTunes does, but it's not, no. In both cases, their apologies were pretty crappy. You can't take my feed, make a duplicate of it, and put that into iTunes because then I don't control my feed. You do. And that's that's just horrible. And what happened this week... Didn't, didn't Anchor do this too? It, Anchor does this with... Your permission, but they... Well, no, well, they don't really ask for permission. They just do it. What they do is they submit your show to iTunes. So you still kind of control your feed in Anchor. You can ask for a 301 redirect, but they own your show. And it's that's the correct terminology. They own your show in Apple Podcasts. Now, can you get it back? Yep. You have to go into Anchor, put in your email address in the feed, go to Apple and say, hey, I want to move this from the Anchor um, Apple account, Apple ID, to my ID, to which Apple will then say, here, put this weird code in your feed. So you have to go into Anchor or or whatever. No, you have to put it into whatever you're moving to. So let's say you're moving to Blueberry or Lips and whoever. You put it in your nude feed and they will, it takes about a week to do, but it's it's one of those things where they're the only host that does that, which to me is either one of two things. Either A, you're being a trailblazer and you're, you found a new path that nobody else has thought, or B, you're doing something really horrible and you don't care or or, or you don't know any better. And this week, it came to Todd Cochran's attention that Castbox was basically duplicating feeds. And then James Cridlin over at Pod News looked at his and said, not only did they duplicate my feed, but they changed some stuff in it to not point at his website. And that's when we all went, ooh, ooh, that's not that's not only like nasty, that's that's like that's a black hat, you know, SEO kind of thing. And so what was interesting is, you know. What's what's doubly interesting is number one, I think Castbox is a sponsor of Podcast Movement, and they're in. This is in the Podcast Movement Facebook group, and we're all like, "Whoa, that's bad, that's nasty." And the uh, the social media person from Castbox put this uh, thing. They said, uh, uh, "Let's see, hi Podcast Movement community. We heard your concerns. We would like to rectify a misunderstanding about our platform." Castbox honors podcasters' work and copyrights. We do not divert any listeners from the original publisher sites. When a user plays a podcast on on Castbox, the play always is credited to the original host, so they're not making a copy. We only track play counts on our platform and make that data public. But those plays are always directly linked back to the host and show up on the host stats. We are just a platform and not a host. Now I'm emphasizing that they're not any alleged separate mirrored RSS feed info created by Castbox is only to enhance and optimize indexing and searchability of the original content. So again, they're looking for searchability here. They still direct listeners to the same original publishers. Now what's interesting about that is later when Todd called them out, they're like, Oh no, no, this is all internal. Like this is yes. Oops. We did this. It's bad. Sorry, but this was all internal. So somebody in the Facebook group go, wait a minute. If it's internal, how is it going to help with Google search? So we, you really got to be careful around podcasters because we are nerds and we will dig into your technology and point it out. And my favorite thing is I was being, I was feeling rather snarky, especially with the line, we are just a platform, not a host. If you go to their website, they have a big button that says 
host for free with unlimited storage. To which I said, hey, congratulations. Not only are you a host, you're a free host, which means you'll be gone in about 31 months. And the, the thing I thought that was interesting is they put out, not on their blog, but in the Facebook group on CastBox Letterhead, a, a thing saying there have been some concerns raised today about our business practices, namely the mirrored RSS feeds that were recently exposed. We take concerns around copyright and privacy infringement very seriously. And this is to me, it's not about copyright or privacy. It's the fact that you're controlling my feed. I'm like, you still don't get the problem. It's like when somebody goes, I'm so sorry that uh, I was late for dinner. Well, that's not really what she's upset about. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, uh, while there was no malicious intent behind the mirrored feeds that I kind of go, oh, then why are you changing the website location to point it? I don't know, probably you. I'm like, that's, you know, we failed to identify the issue internally. And for that, uh, we owe you an apology and we're sorry. It was a mistake on our part. And we have since removed all of the altered feeds. We also want to make clear that we never store shows or content locally. Again, that wasn't the issue. They keep apologizing for things that you're like, no, um, rest assured that we are working closely with our engineering team. You might want to give them a podcasting 101 class to provide more detailed explanation on how this occurrence came to be and complete resolution on any outstanding issues. In order to get this right, please be aware that it may be a few days before we provide additional information about these and other issues raised. So we've always been a proponent of the podcast community, and we aim to operate with the highest standards of ethics, integrity, to protect the rights of podcasters and their listeners. So I appreciate the apology, but it, it's just one of those things where they keep saying things that you go, this does not bring out a lot of confidence in me that you know exactly what's going on. But I'll, I'll give them credit. They were on it, you know, right away. That's what uh, Craig says. They did, uh, they did apologize quickly. They apparently are fixing it. But I just, to me, I don't know. It's just like one of those things where you're like, I thought pooping on the sidewalk was going to be a good idea. I'm like, no, when, when is that ever a good idea? Well, sometimes they just, you know, they start digging for things to do and one yeah. thing leads to another. And, you know, it depends on how they put it together. Some developer who may not quite fully understand the ecosystem codes it up in a way and just makes it uh, makes it go sideways, uh, at least from a PR standpoint. I went over to castbox.fm while you were talking, searched Home Gadget Geeks. They do pull in all three of my feeds. It is kind of interesting. They're pulling in my video feeds. It's my feed coming off iTunes. It looks like that's where they're getting it from, right? And they're getting it from, or they're getting it straight from my RSS feed. Well, that's they do pull my. They do pull in my video feeds, which they are just pulling the audio off of, which is interesting. I have a video small hmm. and a video large, and when you go to their site, click the play button, the audio plays, no video. The audio plays. That's so, interesting. Yeah, no, it is. Can you download it from their site? Uh, I don't think so. Because it'd be interesting to see if it's the actual video file that they're just not showing the video. Let's take a look and let's see if we or did they make a, um, have a their site does not. You know, one of the things is I'm looking at it. Uh, guys, just make the links work. Like I have a bunch of links in my description and stuff. Yeah, those work. Like that's something I just that's found a for everybody. The podcast rodeo show. It was a show I was not supposed to keep going. I did it to test um, Pinecast. And this is something I just want to go, really? Pinecast makes you do, it's not HT, it's markup. You have to do your show notes in markup. And I just discovered this morning that none of my links work. Because I found that if I take HTML, switch to their kind of raw view, paste in my HTML, 
it looks like the links work. And then I noticed today in overcast, no, they don't. So I need to test that in like the podcast app or not, but that is something that's just annoying. James, again, Cridlin over at podnews.net has a great article where he shows like 19 different apps and the fact that your show notes are probably not going to show up right in about half of them. And I'm like, no. it's HTML. Come on, just, no. just make it, you know? And that was one of the things that Castbox said. They, they changed some of the links for security purposes. And I'm like, can you dig a little deeper on that one? Like how is going to somebody's website? You know, I, I, I could understand if they were linking to a site that had, I don't know, some sort of, virus or oh, i'm sure there are people that are using these things to oh, yeah. propagate viruses and you know malware and yeah. phishing and i'm sure so th- I'm, their hands I, it, it's awful to be this kind of provider like i i wish this upon no one because if you pass <laughs> html through you're gonna have you're gonna oh, have yeah. jackballs that are they're doing all kinds of stupid things and you know the rest of us are just trying to go hey come out to my website you know come out to ask the podcast coach.com it says HTTPS slash slash askthepodcastcoach.com. Can you just show that as a link? But I'm sure there's folks that have taken advantage of that. And so they just cut it off. They're just like, nope, because I'm, it, it, you know, it's happening. So it'll be, it'll be a fun thing to, uh, to watch. I remember, you know, in the early days of, of podcasting, I remember when, when um, Libsyn was, you know, we're talking like 2004 and then like in their first two months, there was something and they they had a big like outage for like an hour or two, and that's one of the reasons why I liked them is they came out and said, "Hey, you know what? We messed up. We didn't expect this. Here's what happened. Here's why it happened, and here's why it's not going to happen again in the future." And I went, "Ooh, wait a minute, hold on a second. And it was like right on their website, like, "Hey, oops!" And I was like, "I like these guys. They're not going. Oh, nothing to see here. What problem are you talking about?" It's like, "No, no, we messed up." And I was like. It's so refreshing. I would love to see a politician go, yeah, you know what? I'm sorry. I sold you guys down the road. Not going to happen. But um, hey, since Emily's in the, the chat room, I was listening to the story behind podcast. And she was talking about imposter syndrome. What would be your advice for someone trying to get over imposter syndrome? I don't know if there's like a way to get over it. I think you just have got you got it's one of those things you just got to push through. You, you, you can't listen. I get this. I've been doing this public speaking stuff for 15 years and there are still moments when I go, uh, shouldn't be here. Like, seriously, you're like, someone's letting me do this. Like who, 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 who okayed this, you know? And uh, you, you just have to push through. And, um, and, and I've got some, you know, I've got some imposter syndrome where I, 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 I don't want to invite high profile tech guests to my tech show because I'm just kind of afraid of what the, what they might say, you know? And um, yeah, it's, you just, I think you just got, I think we, one, I think we all suffer from it. Oh yeah. It's it's one of those things Two, uh, I think if you, if you want to get past it, you've got to do some things where it automatically happens and you're not thinking about it. So, you know, Dave, it's a, it's a real thing. And I think for a lot of people, it's, it's a serious, it's a serious deal. I was uh, listening to an interview of, of, there's a new book out about Robin Williams and I, I definitely need to read it. I was a big Robin Williams fan, but they explained how he had, um, and, and same thing with, I've read Martin Short's biography and both those guys who were uberly talented were always like, uh, this is going to end anytime now. This is just, you know, I'm, uh, people are going to figure out that I have no talent kind of thing. Um, 
And I, I said, for me, I remember there were times when I would teach classes and I was like, yeah, but I'm not like, I used to teach access classes back, back in the day. And, um, I'm not an access guru. You know, I knew the book. I knew the examples in the book, but if somebody wanted to color outside the lines, I was like, Oh, this could get ugly. And I could be exposed for not knowing, you know, all this stuff. And my boss just said, look, just keep in mind, you don't have to know everything. You just have to know more than your students. And I went, Oh, that's, that's kind of true. And he goes, if they ask you a question, you don't know the answer, write it on the board and look it up, you know, ask uncle Google. He knows everything. And I went, let's figure it out. Yeah. So I, I honestly think it's kind of why the drug abuse problem in Hollywood is so big because, you know, we think, you know, you, you look at a guy like Chris Pratt or any of the Chris's, right? Mm. And you think, oh, man, they got this all put together, fame, they, you know, they're pretty. <laughs> and you go, that must be great. And inside, they are doing the exact same thing. They're like, oh, my God, someone's going to find out about me. I'm going to mess something up. And the pressure on them to be on all the time. I mean, imagine being on camera everywhere you go. You pick your nose, it makes its way to YouTube, right? You say something, it's on BuzzFeed. That pressure is so enormous. And I'm sure that it's that that imposter syndrome. I know they suffer from it as well, right? And and just to say, I don't deserve this. And so you start self-medicating. For us, the pressure yeah. just isn't there. <laughs> you know, yeah. we're, we're we're talking hundreds of listeners, but I think for a lot of them, the pressure is real. The pressure to be on, and not only just your own pressure, but now you have people, you have agents, you have staff who are dependent upon your talent for you to be great every time. And and I just think they crack. Yeah, I remember <clears throat> when I first started. Uh, my first show was was called the Musician Cyber Cooler. And it was basically a, a newsletter. And I remember when I started the newsletter, there was a guy, his name's Bob, um, Bob Baker, who is literally the, the godfather of, of music marketing. If you watch Jack Black's uh, movie, uh, School of Rock, his book is in the background. I mean, this is like, he is the guy. And I remember starting a newsletter or thinking about it. And because I had this website and, and I was just reaching out to different people on MySpace of all places. And somebody said, you should start a newsletter like this. These are really good tips. And I'm like, well, yeah, but I'm no Bob Baker. And they're like, yeah, but this is still good. You know, it's like, this mean like there's, there can be more than one Bob Baker. And so when I started the podcast, I remember I got to interview Bob Baker and it was like, you know, it's like interviewing the, oh, today it's like, you're going to interview the Godfather. And uh, I asked him, I go like, when you started, you know, how did you kind of get over this, this thing? And he goes, oh, well, I just, I just found myself. I'm an expert. And I'm like, really? He goes, well, he goes, I'd, I'd worked in magazines before. And he goes, and I was in a band. So yeah, I kind of knew the music side. I knew how to write. So I just started writing about it. And I just said, well, all right, boom, I'm an expert. And I was like, oh, so I just looked at myself and went, all right, boom, I'm an expert. Okay. It's just kind of weird, but I, it was funny because I expected him to say, why well, work through it. He's like, no, I just, I just told myself I was an expert. And and it's one of those, if you act the way you want to be, someday you will be the way you act. So if you act like an author, well, what's an author do? Well, they write. Okay. And you keep writing. Eventually you'll end up being an author. So it's just a matter of, like you said, I think you do have to just kind of push through. And I know um, one last point here. When, when Gary called me about the whole Hall of Fame thing, that next episode messed with my head like nobody's business. I had to record it four times. And finally, after like the third time, I'm like, just do what you do. Cause I'd like record something and I'm like, yeah, but is this, is this like hall of fame material? I'm like, 
No, it's not. I'm like, okay, well, nothing is. It's like you said, if you, if you hold yourself up to like perfection and mind boggling goodness, I was like, so like after the fourth time, I'm like, just do what you do. Cause that's why you got voted in. So just shut up and be you. Yeah. Well, so. that's, I think that's the key. Shut up and be you, you know, you know, that saint your mom told you, you know, when you tell a lie, the longer the lie goes, the bigger and the worse it gets. I think sometimes in our podcasting, we overkick our coverage too early. In other words, we try to be more than we are. And, you know, just, just be you is what you're saying. And, and I agree with that. I think if you, if you try to overstretch or overdo who you really are or try to answer questions that you're not supposed to answer or you don't know the answers to, I'm a big fan of transparency um, in, in what we know. Uh, the earlier you start doing that in your podcast, the more problems you're going to have later on with your audience. Because if you if you promote yourself as this know-it-all in all these areas and then they find out you're not, they're going to come down hard on you and you've lost trust. I think if you come at it like, hey, I'm just like you and we're figuring some things out as we go and I don't have all the answers. In fact, the audience will provide answers for us, yeah. those kinds of things. I think the better. So I think he, I think it's better to come at it early like, hey, I'm just, I'm just doing – I'm telling you what I know. What? No more, no less, right? I have people that have told me they like my weight loss show because I start off with, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a trainer. I'm just a dude like you trying to lose weight in the basement. And they're like, that's why I tune in because you're not trying to sell me anything. You're not, you know, that whole nine yards. So yeah, no, right on. We're just trying to do this thing together. Right. Yeah. It, it, it is. Uh, most of us are just average and, and we, we want to hear what everybody else is doing in that space. And there's some of us who are just extraordinary. Actually, most of us have something more extraordinary in, and finding that is the key. But it, it, I, I just don't overkick your coverage. Just be transparent, right? Just yeah. I'll let you know what you don't know. As you do it, you'll get better. This is the thing about imposter syndrome, right? If you can get past it, the more you do, the better you'll get. Yeah. And don't, if you're starting off with an interview show, don't go for the big fish yet uh, because you stink at interviewing. <laughs> Basically. You know what I mean? I, that's what I always say. I wish, man, I would, I would love to have the ability to interview my parents. I would go back and interview my parents, oh, yeah. not for the podcast, but just to interview them and get used to, okay, I'm listening to your answer while I'm already trying to think of what I'm going to ask when you're done. That skill is something you can only, you know, kind of master or at least get a grip on by doing it. And I think it'd be fun just because if you were in an interview, you could ask your parents stuff that you normally wouldn't ask them. I think that would be an interesting interview. I know my mom's in town. Uh, we're, we have a wedding in two weeks. Yeah. My mom is in town. By the way, two weeks from now, that weekend, I'm I'm out. So the 13th? No, 14th. Okay. Just, just what I'm thinking about. July 14th is I should probably not podcast that weekend since my son's getting married. But um, you think? You know, Might just be a little busy. It's just a smidge, a smidge. Um, but my mom's in town and that's a good, that would be a good time. I'm going to try that, Dave, when she's, I'm just going to try and sit down and ask her some questions. What I do find funny when my dad was still alive, I, I remember trying to get some answers from him about his childhood and some things. He did not want to talk about it. I <laughs> he bet. shut those down. Like I started talking, well, uh, I can't really remember. I don't know. You know, and okay, can we go stack some wood? <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, sometimes it doesn't always work, but it's, it's a good idea for me when it wasn't an interview, but just having those kind of recordings, uh, a family tradition on Christmas Eve, which was basically just what we called torture is you couldn't open Christmas presents until we had to sing Christmas carols. And then grandpa had to read the Christmas story. 
So as an eight-year-old kid, you're like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Another Christmas carol. I don't want to sing, you know, Away in the Manger. So when you get older, uh, my grandpa moved to Texas, or my grandpa and my grandma moved to Texas. So I had my Aunt Betty. I said, can you get grandpa to read the Christmas story? And I'm so glad she did, because now we all listen to it and cry. It's, it's, it's like a good, it's a good, bad thing. I don't know. I'm with you. I don't know that there's like, there is no like take two pills and call me in the morning. It's just, you kind of just got to work through it. You got to push through yourself sometimes. If you, you know, to, I I find Dave, when I'm having trouble doing something, I got to shut down the emotional side of me and just start acting. Like just go. I had a, I had a project at work I was working on and man, I was hung up on it and I had some anxiety around it. And so every time I'd get started, every time I'd go started, I would get, you know, my anxiety level would come up and I'd be like, Oh, I'm going to go get a root canal. So, you know, it was one of those kinds of things you're like, uh, and I, one day I was just like, okay, now is the time I'm just going to sit down past, get past the anxiety. Just, just do one step, right? That's Send it. one email. If you're, if you're, if you're trying to invite somebody to your show or you need to contact a producer or you need to send your manuscript off to, to the publisher, Emily, you, by the way, Emily has been writing most of her book while listening to me. That's super scary. I keep, she keeps popping up this week. This is my sixth hour of podcasting this week. Dave. So yeah. And she's been in every single one of them writing her book while she's been doing it. But Emily's found a way actually to get past. She was having some trouble, a little bit of trouble. She found a way she's more productive when she's listening to people podcasting. And so she's been tuning into as many live podcasts as she can and writing, find that thing that gets you past it. That's because I think most of the time it's an emotional decision to punt. You just got to stay the course, you know, and, and do it. So it's hard. It's not easy, but you got to do it. The book I read on motivation Usually people think you need to be motivated to take a step. And he said, no, it's actually the other way. When you take a step, you actually then have some sort of action or reaction to your step, which then gives you motivation to take a second step. So it's a lot of times, oh, I need the motivation to get started. Like, no, no, you get started and that will motivate you totally to keep yeah. going. And I was like, it feels so great too, Dave, doesn't it? When you've, oh yeah, something's been some, something's been on your shoulders, you know, you've had the weight of something for weeks and you don't want to do it and you're afraid and then you get it done and you're like, why did I wait so long to do that? Yeah. And uh, so you got to take an unemotional approach to it as much as you can. So Bill Hutchinson is uh, hopping in here, which is cool. How are you, buddy? How are you? I'm well, thank you. Good. Okay. Um, actually, I just had a follow up with you, Dave, about um, a little while ago, you'd asked about what your show notes looked like when you did um, like in some uh, different apps. Yeah. So I'd wondered if you'd actually considered loading like a, um, oh, an emulator on your actual computer. That's not a bad uh, idea. That's an interesting idea. Let me see if I can show you an example. Well, Bill's working on that. That's all right. Keep working on that. Carrie says, uh, that's what I did yesterday. She said, I need to find an anonymous artist of some or uh, of some street art in town. So I just started asking around if anyone knew who it was a few hours later, I tracked him down and asked him to come on the show and he agreed. There you go. Uh, And that's the thing. Sometimes, even if you are going after bigger names, those bigger names, remember what it was like to be you. And many times bigger people are, you know, and we're putting big in quotation marks here, but popular people are popular because they served a community somewhere where they've solved a problem and 
that heart of a, a server is still in there. So when you approach them and say, Hey, would you like to come talk to an audience that needs your help or needs your, your history or your, you know, knowledge, most of them, if they've got the time, will will do it. I, I know a lot of people are like, man, I'm talking to people that I have no way should I be talking to this person? And they just said yes. And they're coming on my podcast. So uh, it's and- um, funny, Dave, when I listen to school podcasting and you get somebody on there who probably has more listeners than you. I mean, in, yeah. in a lot of cases, you're interviewing other podcasters that might be more popular. Sorry. Sorry. Didn't work, Bill. Come on back in if you if you can where it might be more popular than you. And they always say, I, it, this is great to talk to the Dave Jackson. Yeah. And I'm like, really? <laughs> it's, it's, and you know what? That's a super humble thing to say, by the way, for them. I, that's, that's a great way to do an interview is to realize that, you know, we all have our thing, right? And, 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 the, and the best thing you can do is be like, Hey, it's a real privilege to be on your show. This happens in our strengths community. Sometimes when I get interviewed on other podcasts for that, and there, you know, we've got podcasters trying to do things. And of course, I'm probably because I work for Gallup, I'm probably the leader in that space. But it's just as important for me to be on their show and to be able to be a part of that. So. All right, Bill, how we how we doing? If you're in Chrome, that's probably the best, yeah. the best experience. Yeah, that's what I just did. Cool. Hey, this is Dave popping in here. This is a very visual part of the show, and I'll actually have a video of us looking at this emulator if you go out to askthepodcastcoach.com slash 216. So this is your school of podcasting. Podcasting, right. And this is, I loaded the Podcast Attic browser because I know that you mentioned that one specifically. Yeah. And so those are your show notes. What are you using to emulate this? Uh, I tried a whole bunch of different ones because my son's actually learning to develop in on Android in school. The one I found works best was called Knox Player. Okay. Hmm. Free, and free to use, or is it is it is it paid? It's free. I'm pretty cheap, so <laughs> we all are. Don't 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 apologize. Knox Player, and so could you yep. set this up and then um, put a bunch of the players, like save a bunch of the players, so you could from time to time go in and check and see how you're you're being seen in overcast and in in uh, pocket cast and all these uh, all these various sites on android yeah so with this one for example uh the first one i tried loading was actually the google one because i wanted to see what that one looked like very cool it's a great idea so i just i know dave that you said specifically you wanted to look into that so i thought i'd offer this as an maybe an option for you yeah do, do they also allow you to emulate um like a tablet size um or is it just a phone size screen you can choose so yeah so you can choose phones tablets and can is set it your resolution a single version of android or can you load in different versions of android that is a great question mm. this one's version Oh, so I'm not sure if this is Android version or the Knox version. Right. Yeah. Um, it'd, be, it'd be an interesting question because there's, you know, so many flavors of Android that are out there. Yeah, but there Dave, you, you went out and bought a player to do this. And it still doesn't work. I bought this Samsung. Bill, I'm going to do this, by the way. This is yeah. it's a great reminder to have an Android emulator. I bought this yeah. Galaxy Tab E Lite. And like when I finally got to install Pocket Cast on this, it was like... Yeah, this may not work on your version of Android. And I'm like, well, that's 
you know, and I get that on everything I try to load. So that's what you get for going for the cheapest thing you can find. Totally. <laughs> I was like, well, hey, Bill, for the average guy setting this up, the average podcaster, so to speak, uh, pretty easy to set up, pretty easy to, or, or are there any techie things that someone would need to know? This one was quite easy, and I tried quite a few. This was the one that I found was the easiest. Now, if you look here, it's a quite an old Android version, 4.4.2, so it's very old. And, and I wonder if there's options um, to 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 update that or to run the you know run the newer versions, whatever. Yeah, um, there might be. I just yeah. haven't that far into. No, right it. on. I think this is a good. I think this is a good. If you if you want to if you don't have an Android device and you want to see, uh, yeah. have you tried anything for iPhone uh, from from an emulator, or has it just been Android? I've just played around with the Android because my son was learning in school, so. Yeah. No, cool. That's actually, it's a great idea. So you can, in the emulator, one, does it save state? In other words, if you've made changes to the Android platform you're emulating and you fire it back up, is it in the same place as it was yep. when you left it? Okay. Yeah. So like all the apps that I've previously loaded it has, have stayed there. Yeah. Yeah. So Dave, all this would be handy for you, by the advertising, way. But yeah. 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 This would be super handy for Dave as you're thinking about talking through the various players well, and, and making tutorials. Like if I want to make a tutorial on how to subscribe to my show in Google podcast, it's like, Oh, hold on. Now I got to make screenshots. And even that's a pain in the butt pocket on my thing. Cause it's the whole, like press this button and this button together. And I've got that down on the iPhone. This thing is super sensitive. It drives me crazy. It's like, it took me like five minutes to get one screenshot and went, you know what? Never mind. We'll do this later. You know, it's a good, I, I, I think it's a, it's a, this is okay. So we were talking about imposter syndrome. Like I'm the tech guy. I probably should have come up with this solution a long time ago. <laughs> nothing new. Like they're out there. I've seen them before, but here's Dave struggling. And I should have long ago said, Dave, have you ever thought about installing an emulator on your, you know, on your device yeah. there to do this? So, you know, you can say, well, God, I don't, I didn't know. I shouldn't, I didn't say that. Well, no, that's why we have the audience and Bill came. It's in. It. So good job, Bill. Nice. All right, I'll pop out now, but just thought that might be something to help you out. Yeah. Well, and and where can we find your podcast? Uh, I run a few different podcasts. The one that I probably produce the most is the YWAM podcast. So that's a Youth of the Mission uh, news podcast. So it's a global missions organization. We're kind of around the world. Um, and this is just podcasting, something I've actually done since 2006. So Very cool. He's an old timer. Oh gosh, I found my original podcast from 2006 the other day trying to find music for my kids. I'm sorry oh to hear that. <laughs> you just cringed. Oh, 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 that's awful. Yeah, it but pretty bad. You, you yeah, can't you yeah. can't get to episode 30 without doing episode one. I we wish there was a way. Yeah, Unless you do 30 and delete them, you know. <laughs> well, I actually found the the that pilot episode that you know we all do that. Yeah. And that's even worse than episode one that I actually released. So nice. We'll stay away from that one. It is indeed. Awesome. All right, Bill. Thanks for jumping in, man. Great, great advice. Appreciate yeah. it. All right. Thanks guys. Yeah, I love what help. you did. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you. Thanks for calling in. Since we're doing a uh, sharing screen yeah, section, awesome uh, our awesome supporters here uh, for the month, uh, Josh Liston from on the bubble podcast.com. Another guy from Australia. I think that's where Bill's from. If I remember right. Greg from DebtShepherd.com, uh, Jonathan Bloom at WeeklyAwesome.com, uh, Glenn the Geek Hebert from HorseRadioNetwork.com. i got to give him a jingle or an email. I haven't talked to Glenn in a, a while to see what's up. I know he had that whole weird thing with the shoulder. 
But uh, Josh Rivers from podcastingexperiments.com. Uh, Max Trescott over at aviationnewstalk.com. Max always takes pictures in his plane of like oh, stuff. He tweeted that last week, yeah. and that was really cool. Was like, that was awesome. Super cool. Yeah. And well, is and I was actually on the podcaster's roundtable with Shane from Spybrary. We did a one on the whole Google podcast app. I think that's the one Shane was on. But I was like, hey, I know that guy. I know that guy's coaster. I know it's, it's funny. It's, it, this is one of the things again that's always weird at podcast movement. I won't recognize your face, but if you have your your show artwork on, you know, or say your name, I will know exactly who you are. Uh, there was somebody I forget her name. See again, I forget her name, but she has purple hair, and her artwork has this woman with purple hair, and then she had her artwork on. I'm like, oh, that's the business podcast person woman. So. Last year at Podcast Movement, and I was talking to another podcaster, and as soon as we started talking, I recognized I, I was a listener of his podcast. I don't see his, you don't see their face very much, right? And as soon as I heard his voice, I'm like, "You're Cody Shots of History," and like <laughs> he he was like he couldn't he had one of those moments where he'd gotten recognized for his podcast, mm. right? That doesn't that doesn't happen very often, and it was fun to be the person who recognized someone for their work and for their voice. And uh, just just tons of fun, so it's it's good to recognize that way. Absolutely, Jim. What are your what are your, what's your opinion when you hear the phrase the Netflix of podcasting? Because that seems to be everybody wants to be the Netflix of podcasting. Yeah, yeah. Well, how about be the podcasting of podcasting? Like, <laughs> you know, it, it, and I get it. We the Uber is the other one that that a lot right. of people say I'm the or the Airbnb, right? I'm the Airbnb of 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 this, but. Where are you seeing that? Um, there is an article about our good friends that we just ripped apart at CastBox because I'll put this in the chat room here. There's an article on, he said, fastcompany.com. And they're asking, is the Netflix of podcast moment finally here? And they talk about the fact that um, CastBox closed $13.5 million in Series B funding. Uh, and has raised $29 million since 2016. $29 million. That's a lot of clams. You know what I'm saying? Jeez. Here's the deal, though, right? Okay, Netflix, when we thought about movies, they had a multi-billion dollar industry waiting to be exposed, right? right? In other words, when Netflix came around, we were still getting movies on DVDs, and we were still picking up things at Blockbuster, right? And Netflix came along... To an, to an industry, there were already billions of dollars in it. There are not billions of dollars in podcasting right now, right? It's just, it's the potential is there, right? but it's, it's a brand new space. And I, I don't, um, anybody who comes in and thinks they're going to turn on a fancy website and good search, they don't have millions of people out there trying to find ways to find podcasts yet, right? Where they did with movies. Movies was easy. Somebody just had to solve the technology problem to get it done, a site where they could come and stream them and those kinds of things. I don't think podcasting is going to work the same way. It just does not have the demand that movies did. Well, the thing I've seen, I've seen a couple of people on Facebook mention this, that they're thinking of leaving Netflix. And I'm almost there because it dawns on me that when I go to Netflix, I'm like, I'll watch a, you know, like they have a thing with a bunch of comedians doing stand up. And I'm noticing that I'm watching those and um, not laughing. Yeah, that's the whole purpose of that. Or even giggling. It's like someone like, wow, that guy's just weird. Okay. Netflix uh, is good for TV, right? That's where they really 
That's yeah. where they really shine is, is well, TV. Well, it used to be their original stuff. Like they had House of Cards, Orange, Orange is the New Black has been off for a long time. I just watched, now The Ranch came on and I came and watched it. I like that show with Ashton Kutcher. But other than that, there's a lot of Netflix original stuff that I'm just kind of like, what happened to the movies? And then the movies are like, here, it's, you know, from 1952 starring Jimmy Stewart. I'm like, what? You know, I love Jimmy Stewart, but yeah, uh, Clarence, but you know, I'm like, Emily is in the chat room though. Emily is saying the Netflixy thing is more about finding or more about exposing before in the pre-show, you were talking about how you're really loving Spotify because it is nailing getting you the right music, right? Based on what you listen to. And okay, well, uh, you know what? I'll I'll, I'll maybe say mm, if someone could solve the recommendation problem, maybe that's what they're, that's what they're saying, you know, get and get the recommendations, right? That's actually more of a Pandora than it is a Netflix. I get that. But yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. I, I still don't think again, music and movies, billion dollar industries where people are dying to watch this stuff right it, you're just not it, it, it's great i mean if, but if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it you can have all the great recommendations in the world and it's, it's still not going to do very much yeah i know like for me i when i first cut the cable and all that stuff i cut hbo and then it dawned on me there's a couple like there's a show on there uh silicon valley that i like a lot i really for a while i locked uh i liked westworld I liked yep. divorce with uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. I liked uh, that was brutal. Yeah, that was a brutal series. Yeah, the crashing. I think it is. It's another one about this comedian, and it's kind of almost like how comedians actually work. So there are like four or five series on there, and I'm like, you know what? I'll pay 15 bucks a month for HBO. And so when I hear that Mark Maron's on Stitcher, and I hear you know that so and so is going to be on Castbox, and I know that so and so is on this other Walled Garden, I'm like. Until you get multiple shows, I'm not really sure I'm going to, I don't, I don't think the walled garden thing is going to work until you get a, a bunch of content. Or if you have one show that, you know, those diehard people are going to spend the 10 bucks a month to get your, your back catalog. I, to me, I'm just like, mm, I don't know. I just, I, I keep hearing that phrase. Yeah. Emily says the the thing about Google podcast, she says, is it, it's, uh, it's homepage is based on what I've already listened to. So when she fired it up, it it gave her a bunch of Jim Collison and Dave Jackson, which is cool. Yikes. Yikes. Sorry, Emily. I'll apologize. <laughs> uh, Ryan says, most of these companies are trying to solve problems that don't exist. Amen. You know, the, uh, yeah. it's just a, a marketing gimmick. If you or can it's just marketing, I mean, they're yeah. trying, they yeah. are trying, right? Someone's going to break through on this, by the way, it's going to work at some point. Someone's going to find the right thing or the market's going to mature. Yeah. To a space where it's going to work. We're, we're still too early. It's, it's, it's very early days on this. So it should be, but that seems to be the, uh, the phrase you, uh, you hear a lot, you know, it's like, it's the new Netflix of podcasting. And like, yeah, yeah. Well, good luck to him. Yeah. Um, you know, Netflix is kind of, yeah, they're, they're in the space with everybody else now, Hulu, uh, you know, HBO prime, you know, they're all there. It's they're They're not. I don't know. I wonder who the market leader is there right now. Is it Netflix? You would think. Yeah, they have to be right for total streaming. I don't know. Amazon Prime is is pretty. See, that's another one. Yeah, that's that's one I'll go over. And And HBO and Hulu. I mean, they they seem to kind of like, you know, they'll do really well for a while and then they'll lose talent and whatever. And then it goes away and somebody else pops up again. I, I don't know if we're ready. If podcasting is ready for 
distribution where it needs huge distribution methods. It needs actually more people wanting to listen. That's what it needs. Yeah. I have, I've been saying that for, that's like my new answer. When people go, what does podcasting need? I go, oh, that's easy. Listeners. Customers. We need more listeners. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, and actually, I think, Dave, the plethora of, you know, just the, what, what do you say, quarter of a million uh, podcast? No, half a million podcasts out there, right? 550,000 yeah. 550, yeah. podcasts. It's too many. There's too many options. Consumers are, you know, they've spread their dollars out too thin. And um, it's just, it's too much for any one person to really dominate. Eventually they will. I think we'll get to a point where we're back to consolidated networks. You know, when TV started, you had a local, everybody was local. And then they all, all the affiliates came together to be NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox, right? That's how, that's how that worked. That will, podcasting will take that bend. It will take a natural tendency to start grouping up. NPR is probably the first to to be out ahead of this. Will they survive? No, because they're public. That's the there's a right. fundamental problem with that. But there there will be major players where this consolidates up and the talent will consolidate. Yeah, because I know like there's Wondery. I don't know that I listen to anything on Wondery. I know it's a platform. I know there's Panoply. And I guess when you get into those, you know, there's uh Gimlet, like I listen to startups still occasionally. And when you do, they will advertise other shows and that's kind of how they they get you into their their little network, but it's a matter of it. You still have to find one of those shows to, uh, to get you in. So it'll be, yeah. I, I wonder sometimes if there are too many choices now, because there's just so many that if, if somebody now, you know, fires up that Google app and they type in a subject, wow, I've got 37 different podcasts on Harry Potter. Which one do I pick? And then the problem is you pick the first one and it's not very good. Cause it's whatever. You know, do they then we go back to that, that motivation again, when you take your first step and you have some sort of success, it motivates you to take the second one. So if you listen to your first podcast and it's, you know, three guys, one brain doing the brew crew, you know, <laughs> Binky and the whiz, Binky and the whiz, man. So it's, like, hey. <laughs> it's just that. And, and they're done. We just lost our potential audience. So. Yeah, it it definitely um quality is going to need to get better. Yeah. And it it, it just is. I I felt so bad. I had somebody on the podcast rodeo show, forget the name of the show, but they're I mean super. Like this guy, I I'm completely solid in my masculinity to say I would not mind looking like this dude. He was a major that and then his girlfriend is a fitness model and he's on on the show art, he's carrying her over his shoulder and they're both just like way hot and I was like, "Wow." And I cannot, I tried to emulate their bad audio and could not make it bad enough. Like I put my blue Yeti on the table and just, I, I don't know how they made their audio. And I said, so the good news is I'm really proud because it was their first episode and they put it, they sent it into the podcast rodeo show. And I'm like, oh, please don't do that. But on the other hand, that's really good because, you know, if you're, if you're going to make mistakes, you might as well figure them out on episode one. And I said, here's the cool thing is I like the fact that you, you know, you introduce your show, you let me know what it's about. Um, I said, but I, I will let you know, like here at the eight second mark, I'm not going to listen to this show because I can hear the air conditioner in the background. You sound like you're about seven feet away from the microphone. I said, this is an easy fix. And I said, you've got two people with one microphone, but that I just told him, I said, in 2018, that is not going to fly. I said, you don't have to go spend $2,000 worth of equipment. 
I said, but that's, that's just no. Mm-mm. And I had somebody uh, at a client of mine wanted to grow his audience. And I, I think what was happening is he was using his audio from his camera. He's got a really nice microphone, but again, it was just, just pretty bad audio. And I said, the good news is this is, you know, it's an easy fix, but I, that's just not going to fly. I think in, in 2018, well, and as we think about jumping out of here and moving into the post show, I think, um, you know, I, I kind of need to worry about older content that I've got out there now that's seven or eight years old. Mm. That's out of date. It sounds worse. I wasn't very good. And the internet remembers everything. <laughs> so, you know, you kind of ask that question, hey, should we, you know, should we pull this thing? Maybe we can talk about should we pull that in the post show? Yeah. The internet writes in ink. That's a bad story. It's a tattoo, my friends. It never really goes away. <laughs> uh, uh, what you got coming up on uh, the average guy.tv? Yeah, uh, we have uh, Mike Wiegers back uh, after Dave was on there two weeks ago and just some more kind of tech conversation. Get some really good feedback, Dave, on this new format that we're doing. I scattered the content a little bit more, a little more varied. And man, the listeners really like it. So head out to the average guy.tv if you're interested in that tech stuff. Wait, you can change your format? What we did and having great success with it. Yeah, it's been pretty cool about four weeks in. That's cool. Yeah. On the uh, School of Podcasting, I interviewed Kyle Goff, uh, I think is his last name. I'm horrible with names today. He's uh, the guy behind the book, The Story Engine. And I. it's one of those where if you ever do an interview and you kind of think at the end of the interview, like, yeah, that was pretty good. I listened to it last night and I did a really good job of... Um, like getting right to the meat and potatoes. I'm like, well, that's actually pretty good. Cause this is a guy that, that is major content marketing guy. And he explains how he goes about getting his stuff. The book's actually really good. So he's going to be on there. And then we have a cool, because of my podcast story uh, from Monica Rivera, who's my buddy from uh, uh, you want to do what podcast. And her story involves her getting rejected and how that led to success. So that'll be on the school of podcasting. Uh, this uh, coming out on Monday. So I want to say thanks to the chat room as always for being around. Stick around for some post show. We are here every Saturday morning, 1030 Eastern. Just go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. And of course, if you want to join us next week, it'll be askthepodcastcoach.com slash join. It's free podcast consulting every Saturday. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you again real soon. This is Dave again, popping in. I'm dying to know, did you happen to notice? We actually had, I had, not Jim, I had a problem on my end for whatever reason. That last episode that you just listened to had audio in it that occasionally sounded like this. In fact, you may have just said, I didn't hear anything because I played this little thing that it was doing. And my point here is, you know me, love the education part here is I was going to start off the episode saying, hey, you might hear this weird thing. But then you'd be listening for it. And so my question is, since you weren't listening for it, did any of you hear it? It's an interesting point. We'll probably talk about that on next week's show. You can find it at askthepodcastcoach.com. This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Changing the world one download at a time.